Welcome to the official podcast for Triumvir Clio's School of Classical Civilization. I'm Beth, a.k.a. Triumvir Clio. Hello again. Welcome back. I'm glad you're still here. I don't know how it's August. I don't know where this year is going. But then I'm not exactly sure what day it is, so that probably doesn't help. Whatever day it is, and whatever day it feels like it is, I hope you're hanging in there. Today we have the final comedy from Terence, Adelphoe or The Brothers. This play premiered in 160 BCE, shortly before the playwright went off to Greece and was never heard from again. Which is sad, because you may have noticed that his plays just keep getting better and better. So who knows what sort of works he might have given us if he'd lived longer. The majority of this play is based on Menander's The Brothers, but there is one scene that comes from a different play, and if you read closely, you may note something odd in the timeline of events in this play. We hear about something that happened in the first scene, and then in the next scene, we see it happen. That scene, the one where we see it happen, is one that Terence freely admits he lifted from a different play. I am using the Dina Berg translation from 1999. As always, I highly recommend it. I do enjoy her translations. And it is a fairly recent translation in the whole scheme of things, so that also is a plus when you're reading these comedies. Adelphoe, or The Brothers, features, well, some brothers. We have Mikio and Demia. Mikio is a wealthy bachelor, and big brother Demia is a farmer who isn't as rich as his little brother. He's comfortable, but he's not rich. Demia has two sons, Eskinus and Ctesipho. Mikio has adopted Eskinus, the older of these two brothers. So Mikio has raised Eskinus, and Demia has raised Ctesipho. Mikio's slaves include Cirrus, Dromo, and Stefanio. Iskinus's slave is Parmeno. Meanwhile, we have the poor old widow Sostrada and her very pregnant daughter, Pamphila. Their old nursemaid is Canthera, and their dear devoted slave is Geta. They do have one male relative, Hegio. And finally, we have Sanio, the local pimp, and Bacchus, one of his musicians. The scene is set in Athens. The downstage exit lead, exits lead to the country on one side and the forum on the other. Two of the three upstage entrances are used, one for Mikio's house and one for Sostrata's house. Berg suggests using the middle entrance to give a glimpse into Mikio's garden, so we can see that he's very wealthy because he actually has all of that space. And you can also add some amusing stage business during the final act of the play if you can have that entrance as Mikio's garden. She also suggests adding a balcony entrance to Mikio's house to simplify some blocking challenges a director might face. And so since she uses these devices, I will likely mention them, but your translation might use different entrances for those scenes. I mean, it might just say entering from Mikio's house as opposed to entering from the balcony, but a balcony, since we can build two-story sets, does make it easier. And with that, let's take a short break before learning about the results of the the different parenting styles of Mikio and Demia.
The play opens with a typical Terence prologue, more about defending his reputation than introducing the play. I mean, he comes right out and says that he's not going to provide a synopsis. That's what the play is for, so just sit back and enjoy. Mikio enters from his house. He's worried because Iskinus hasn't come home yet. He and the servants went to a party last night, and none of them are home yet. What if he's dead in a ditch somewhere? Not that Iskinus is technically his son. He's his brother's son. And as for Mikio, Mikio and his brother, oh, they couldn't be more different. Mikio is a regular Henry Higgins, a confirmed old bachelor and likely to remain so. His brother, on the other hand, has opted for the rustic drudgery of country living and marriage and poverty, because that's something people can choose. So Mikio graciously adopted his older nephew when the boy was a toddler. He dotes on his adopted son. He's the prototypical lawnmower parent. You know, the ones who don't just helicopter, the ones who clear the path so that their kids never encounter any trouble at all. That's Mikio. And Mikio finds this to be the perfect form of parenting. He and Iskinus are buddies. His son never has to sneak around behind his father's back. Mikio's brother, though, is not so keen on this parenting style. He's convinced that Iskinus has been ruined by Mikio's laissez-faire style. And oh, look, here he comes now. Demia enters from the country. He's not happy. He's heard what Iskinus is up to. That boy knows no boundaries, and it shows. Not like Tessifo, who is honest, hardworking, a father's dream. If Mikio had been a better parent, Iskinus would be more like Tessifo, but no. The brothers argue about their differing parenting styles, each convinced that his style is the right way to do it. Eventually, Demia exits in a huff back toward the country, and Mikio exits in a huff towards the forum. Sanio enters calling for help. He's followed by Iskinus, Bacchus, and Parmeno. Iskinus has, shall we say, liberated Bacchus from Sanio, Or to be less charitable, he's kidnapped her. And he's not above violence in this quest, so he is able to hold off Sanio while escorting Bacchus into Mikio's house. Parmeno follows them off. Sanio wonders how he's going to get his money back. Cirrus enters from Mikio's house. He tries to assuage Sanio. You see, Bacchus told Iskinus that she's freeborn, so she never should have been sold to Sanio in the first place. But maybe Cirrus can help Sanio recover the money that he used to pay for her. Sanio hides near Mikio's garden gate. Ctesipho enters, singing a mashup of If I Had My Druthers from Little Abner and To Strangers, a friend you've never met from the streetcar episode of The Simpsons. Or at least, those are the songs it reminds me of. He is looking for Iskinus and is thrilled that his brother is willing to take the fall for him. After all, Ctesipho is the one who's in love with Bacchus, not Iskinus. Iskinus enters from Mikio's house. He's looking for Sanyo, who you may recall is upstage eavesdropping on everything, but he finds Ctesipho. The brothers discuss the kidnapping. Iskinus says he'll go downtown to pay off Sanyo. Ctesipho exits into Mikio's house to see Bacchus. With much sotto voce urging from Sanyo, Cirrus urges Iskinus to hurry. Eventually, Iskinus exits towards the forum, followed shortly thereafter by Sanyo. Ctesipho enters from the balcony and begs Cirrus to pay Sanio off ASAP. 
He doesn't want to risk Demia finding out. Cirrus exits to the forum. Ctesipo exits back into the house. Canthera and Sostrata enter from Sostrata's house. Sostrata is quite distraught because her daughter, Pamphila, is in labor and they are all alone. Despite the circumstances under which Pamphila got pregnant, Iskines has proved to be a perfect gentleman ever since. He visits every day. He's done everything to care for them. I mean, well, except for Mary Pamphila, but what can you do? Geta enters. He doesn't see the two women and rants about what's happening next door, how Iskines has kidnapped Bacchus. Sostrata taps him on the shoulder. He tells her that they're ruined. Iskines has taken up with a new woman. Sostrata will not take this line down. She'll reveal everything Iskines has done. Sostrata sends Geta off to fetch dear old Uncle Hegio. Geta exits towards the country. And then Sostrata sends Canthera off to the forum to fetch the midwife before exiting back into her own house. After all, her daughter is in labor. Demia enters from the country. He's learned that Ctesipho is the one in love with Bacchus. Cirrus enters, followed by Dromo and Stefanio. Demia eavesdrops as Cirrus explains that Mikio has given them the money to pay Sanio. Demia steps forward. Cirrus sends Dromo and Stefanio into the house. Cirrus convinces Demia that everything is fine, that Ctesipho's behaved most properly. Sure, Cirrus is lying through his teeth. But Demia buys every word of it. Cirrus exits into Mikio's house. Demia starts to exit back to the country, decides it's too far away, and sits down on a bench instead. Hegio and Geta enter. Hegio is appalled to learn that Iskinus has abandoned the very pregnant Pamphila for a loot girl. Hegio is happy to see Demia, just the man he was looking for. And through Hegio, Demia learns what what Iskinus has been up to the past nine months. Demia promises to talk to Mikio about this. Hegio and Geta exit into Sostrata's house. Demia exits towards the forum. Hegio enters from Sostrata's house, promising to go find Mik- Mikio, and he too exits toward the forum. Cirrus and Ctesipho enter from Mikio's house. They are still under the impression that Demia has returned to his home in the country, but they soon learn just how wrong they are. Ctesipho hurries back into Mikio's house. Demia enters. He's learned that Ctesipho is not also back home in the country. Cirrus again intercedes, again making up stories about just how good and honest Ctesipho is. And again, Demia swallows it hook, line, and sinker. (laughs) He gives Demia confusing directions. Cirrus gives Demia confusing directions for a shortcut to the forum where he'll be able to find Mikio. Demia exits. Cirrus exits into Mikio's house. Mikio and Hegio enter. Mikio has explained all the confusion to Hegio, and the two men amiably exit into Sostrata's house. Iskinus enters from the forum. He is most upset because Sostrata has accused him of abandoning Pamphila, his one true love. But he has to keep playing along to protect his little brother. He wants to knock on the door, but he chickens out and hides next to the garden gate instead. Mikio enters from Sostrata's house looking for Iskinus. Eventually, Iskinus steps forward. Iskinus doesn't know that Mikio knows, and Mikio knows that Iskinus doesn't know that he knows. So Mikio goes with that and tells Iskinus that Pamphila is going to get married to someone else. Iskinus is 
devastated, and Mikio, being the sort of father that he is, is unable to keep up this ruse. He tells Iskinus that he'll get to marry his girlfriend as he'd hoped, and the arrangements have already been made. Mikio exits into his house. Iskinus breathes a sigh of relief and comments on what a great dad Mikio is, and then he exits into Mikio's house, too. Demia enters, having been unsuccessful, unsuccessful in his attempts to find Mikio. He plops down on a bench. Mikio enters from his house. The two brothers argue some more. Mikio explains how Iskinus is going to marry Pamphila, who is currently in the process of giving birth to Iskinus's baby. Sure, the girl has no dowry, but it's all good. She'll just move from that house to this house. Demia is appalled, but Mikio is unswayed and exits into Sostrada's house. Demia is furious. Cirrus enters from Mikio's house. He's rather drunk and isn't able to keep all the stories he's told Demia straight. He accidentally reveals that Ctesipho is currently in Mikio's house with Bacchus. Demia marches into Mikio's house to confront his wayward son. Cirrus exits back into Mikio's house. Mikio enters from Sostrada's house and Demia bursts out of Mikio's house. He's learned that, despite the differences in parenting, Iskinus and Ctesipho aren't terribly different after all. And that Mikio has bought Bacchus for Ctesipho. Mikio assures him there's no reason to worry about money. He has plenty for all of them. Besides, they're both good kids. Eventually, Mikio exits into his house. Demia follows but stops and then turns back to address the audience. He's had a change of heart, or perhaps philosophy. Maybe he can be as kind and generous as Mikio. Cirrus enters from Mikio's house. Demia does his best to put on his new, kinder, gentler guise, and Sirius is understandably suspicious. Geta enters from Sostrada's house, and again, Demia does his best to be like Mikio, and Geta is unsure of this new behavior. Iskinus enters from Mikio's house. He's surprised to see Mikio, and even more surprised, ah, uh, sorry, he's surprised to see Demia, and is even more surprised at how his attitude has changed. Demia offers wedding advice, and Iskinus is thrilled to have this new version of his biological father. Demia tells Geta to tear down the wall between Mikio's house and Sostrada's house. Geta exits into Sostrada's house and Cirrus exits into Mikio's house. And this is where Berg suggests some stage business in the open doorway to the garden that perhaps the audience can see the wall being torn down while the rest of the play continues. Mikio enters. He's furious about the actions Demia has taken, and perhaps, meanwhile, upstage, we see Pamphila being carried from Sostrada's house into Mikio's house. Demia has an even better idea. If Mikio really is so generous and has so much money, then he should help poor old widowed Sostrada. He should marry her, at which point we might see Sostrada being carried from her house to Mikio's house. Like I said, useful for upstage business, right? And what about poor old Hegio? Mikio has that nice piece of land out in the country, you know, the big one. Why not give it to Hegio? Iskinus begs, and Mikio can't say no. Cirrus enters from Mikio's house. He announces that everything has been done as requested. Mikio is married to Sostrada, Iskinus is married to Pamphila. But what about Ctesipho? Iskinus asks. 
Oh, all right, Demia concedes. Katesifo can keep his loot girl as long as she's the last. Mikio agrees that that's fair. And Cirrus tells the audience to clap. And that is the end of the play. Alright, we could go into detail on how the stock characters of Roman comedy fit into this play, but this is a podcast about humanism, so let's jump straight in with that lens. This is a play about parenting. Nature versus nurture, if you will. Presumably, Mikio and Demia were raised in a similar manner, but they have both opted for very different parenting styles. Berg describes Mikio's style as so hands-off as to make Dr. Spock's seem repressive, which is just a brilliant line. Given what we know of Roman history, it's likely that Mikio and Demia's father fell more along the lines of Demia's, well, patriarchal style. But the younger set of brothers, they turned out kind of the same. The only difference is what Mikio expounds upon in the opening scene. Iskinus isn't afraid to tell Mikio everything, while Ctesipo hides everything in fear of what Demium will do. So whose style is better? Honestly, this play tells us that neither is. Iskinus may not be afraid of his dad, but that doesn't stop him from kidnapping Bacchus. And it doesn't matter what his intentions are, and I mean, you can argue that they are at least somewhat noble, it's still a kidnapping. Bacchus doesn't do much in that scene. She is a prop shoved and pulled and pushed around the stage from the time she enters to the time she exits. So we have no way of knowing how she feels about either Ctesipho or Sanio. And there's nothing in Sanio's nature to really show that he's a horrible pimp, like we might frequently see in these procurer stock characters. We don't see enough of either of them to really get a sense of who they are and how they feel about what is happening to them. So we do have to wonder, would things have been different if Ctesipho had been raised by Mikio? and Iskinus by Demia. Is it the parenting style that leads to the behavior of the younger set of brothers, or is it just their nature? The only thing we know for certain is that there's a different level of trust that has arisen from each parenting style. In that count, yes, there is something to be said for Mikio being more indulgent, but obviously he's maybe been a little too indulgent. So what do you think? Pop over to the blog and share. It's at triumphyourclio.school.blog. The URL and maybe a link are in the show notes. The link to my Patreon is in, in the show notes too, should you feel so inclined. In the next episode, we will start reading the Aeneid. Talk to you then. You can join the discussion of this and everything covered in this podcast by following the link in my show notes. And if you're enjoying what you've heard so far, please consider supporting the show with a monthly donation of your choosing, just like public radio. And please also consider giving a five-star review on your podcatcher of choice so that more people can discover the fun that is Triumvir Clio's School of Classical Civilization.